1946. Fortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman. Turn the catches horizontally, like that. Then open normally. My orders are to kill you and deliver the lecture. What an overdose of bombois. Colonel Smithers is giving the lecture, 007. Welcome to, and you've had your six, channel dedicated to James Bond. Reviews, debate, trivia, laugh, and a whole lot more. Your hosts, from the UK with love, Double O Alan Shenton. And also joining us, with the license to analyse, I'm Double O Sion from Germany. Welcome to the show. Believe me, Mr Bond, I could shoot you from Stuttgart and still create the proper effect. Hello and welcome to episode 25, 25, it's been a while since I've seen your hands waving like that, episode 25 of And You've Had Your Six, we are officially on the same number of episodes as a number of films, uh, which is amazing, how are you soon? I'm really good, so uh, thanks for welcoming me again as your co-host and yeah, uh, I was missing this experience but we have to move as fast or as slow as the Bond franchise, you know, so yeah, exactly. we want to overtake them and uh, take all the fans away. So even yeah, it's been four, four job, months, isn't it? Four months. Yeah, it's been four months. It's not too. We don't bad, want to exceed. We don't want to exceed the original product. You know, like, and say okay, we're outnumbering the original product, and people are watching us. You know. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's 25, 25 all as well. We'll we'll beat them to twenty six. Definitely. And we're not on strike, so any uh, <laughs> listener out there who are thinking Hollywood is shut down, we are not on strike. Maybe after this episode, we will we'll join them, but right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So we uh, we have titled today's episode, The Directors of Bond. We're going to have a long chat about all the directors. There are actually only 12 directors in total, which sounds quite small because out of 25 films but obviously some directors did more than one film um so yeah we're gonna have a a um general chat about the ones we like the most the ones we disliked or had least influence on us and potentially talking about who would be good to direct bond 26 or, or not specifically naming names or just what we'd like to see the director bring to bond 26 so yeah I'm looking forward to this, and uh, we'll have a bit of trivia at the end. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Soon, you start us off with your thoughts about your your top directors. Oh, like, it's really difficult. It's uh, really difficult that I start because uh, my thoughts are everywhere. Like, it's uh, really difficult to name, and I think it's comparable to a soccer team when you ask um, who is the most important player, the, the soccer team who won the World Cup, 11 players, who's the most important player? You can name it, you know, because it's a team effort. Yeah, true. And, and um, I think all of them have had a certain kind of impact on the franchise. Or, okay, not all of them, but a certain number of people. And I would even compare it more to the discussion. You know, like if they ask somebody, um, even in soccer or tennis or anybody, who's the goat? You know, who's the greatest of all time? And everybody has a personal favorite. 
let's let's take it for soccer. You know, like everybody has a personal favorite who can say Maradona, who can say Messi or Stidane. But at the one point, nobody can say, you know, there's, it's a subjective view, you know, if they say something. But the, the objective view is like nobody's better than Pele. Pele is the best. He's uh, objectively the stats. He was the best. You know, we can't say whatever we want. He isn't. Like, and the same thing I see it here in the directors. You know, I can name a couple of uh, directors. Of, they're great. His movies is great. His impact was great. I think, but Terrence Young is like thrones over all of them, you know, like, uh, because even Sean Connery said, there wouldn't be James Bond without Terence Young, and uh, even he even said that's a direct quote from John Connery that Terence Young is the real James Bond in the real world. That he that he that was uh, just a re- Bond was a reflection of Terence Young. Uh, actually, yeah. he could have played it, you know, if he wasn't that old and uh, not that good looking for a, <laughs> a sex sexy agent. But um, yeah, I think he had the biggest impact. He's the greatest of all time. Even as I said, even if I had a personal. I, I might have a personal favorite director, but uh, you can. There's no way around him. Like, uh, he throws all of above all of them. He's Terence Young. He's James Bond. I think uh, that's the title for him. You know, Ter- <laughs> we should always say we, we mention Terence Young. It's Terence Young is James Bond. That's that's the title <laughs> we should give him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I I know exactly what you're saying. He 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 set the style. He he saw himself as Bond, didn't he? And you're right. If yeah, obviously Connery looked. Look better, and he recognised that, and he, yeah, he 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 basically got Connery all the suits and everything. That was him. That was his influence because yeah. you don't really get that from the books. That he's you know in a he's smart and suave, mm. like that was that was pure Terence Young. Yeah, so you're absolutely yeah. right. He, he definitely had an influence, and it was Terence Young's contribution to bring uh, James Bond from the novel into the uh, on the screen and into the uh, physical world. That was his. His idea and his uh, conception and the way that was all his idea, you know, like uh, the way it was uh, fi- finalized, you know, like the James Bond uh, entering the world. And Sean Connery also said uh, he learned how to be Bond just by hanging out with Terence Young for two weeks in a row. You know, <laughs> they, they took him along and they said, you have to move this way and uh, this movement, you have to walk this way, you have to sit this way, you have to look this way. That He all learned it from Terence Young. He just, he, he said, I didn't just, know this. Yeah, he said it, and then he just imitated him, you know, like, and that's, uh, so, so there's a practical James Bond, or there was a practical James Bond, Terence Young, so that's why his biggest influence. So I think uh, if we see James Bond, and uh, James Bond is a lot, uh, he's, uh, you can, the, the way he communicates James Bond is like a, with a body language, non-communication, you know, like non-body uh, verbal communication. And I think that uh, he learned from Terence Young, and uh, that's his biggest contribution to the Bond uh, franchise. And uh, we we all love him, you know, the Bond, the way he moves and the way he behaves, and that's because of Terence Young. So he's the goal. Yeah, it's it's one of the why well, it's probably the most difficult thing to transform that from a book onto into a film. And and yeah, I think I think if you compare it, you're comparing it to football. What if you compare it to music with Bond? You say John Barry. John Barry, obviously, he he was the the music version of Terence Young in a way because he created yeah. created that yeah. style, and and it is a team effort. You're right, but but it's it could have gone it could have gone so so much differently if that if Terence Young was different, it could have been so so different. Yeah, but even uh, Ian Fleming gave is okay, you know, the way uh, he was uh, very critical of John Connery, you know, like, but uh, he was uh, one over the way he like uh, acted. Like the behavior, so that it's perfect. Like I couldn't even 
I couldn't have even imagined it better. Like, I mean, Terence Young got it. That was the biggest confusion. The way he understood that was amazing. And that's why, and that's why Fleming put put uh, changed Bond to having Scottish roots in his. Yeah, life. that's true. <laughs> I think also, that that's also go, you can trace it back to uh, to Terence Young. You know, like he's like okay. Uh, he influenced that that even Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond, has to change it because of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. I mean, it's it's interesting because he did the first two, Doctor No from Rush with Love. Then he had a break with golfing, and then he came back to Thunderball. So I always wonder what the reasons why that happened. Because no, I I think there there was a dispute. I'm not sure what kind of dispute uh, because of Goldfinger. Um, but I think that was the reason why he didn't uh, do Goldfinger. Um, okay. No, but interest, but yeah. uh, looking back, it was uh, a good thing, you know. Like uh, the who was the director of uh, uh, Guy Hamilton. Guy Hamilton, he did. Yeah, Guy, he did, did a great job. You know, like, he brought it to a next level. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm just got the information. So he got a, a pay dispute with the producer, so he didn't do this. Uh, oh, he took another movie instead. That's why. Oh, okay, interesting. Maybe that was the start of, you know, because Connery was a bit, a bit like that with the producers, uh, pay, the pay disputes. Yeah. But it was, it's good that he came back for Thunderball and then that ended up being the highest gross, grossing one for a long time as That's well. True. That might have been on the back of Goldfinger. Um, so do you think, so do you think going on to Guy Hamilton, do you think he, he is a bit underrated because everyone talked about Goldfinger being the most iconic film and the best film but he he, he, doesn't, he doesn't get much mentioned sometimes. Yeah, I think uh, he personally doesn't get a lot of mention, but I think he has uh, put himself in the history book by just by Goldfinger. Every time we mention Goldfinger, every time Goldfinger is a standard James Bond movie, like uh, every movie afterwards uh, always um, looks after uh, or just uh, try to emulate the movie or like uh, copy yeah. that and the, the formula and think and that is his legacy. Like, just the movie Goldfinger. Every time Goldfinger is mentioned, uh, that's his legacy of uh, Guy Hamilton. Yeah. Obviously, he's not mentioned. He could have mentioned, could have been mentioned more, you know. But I think uh, the movie speaks for itself. You know, the, the movie and the legend, uh, the legendary status it has achieved since then, and the impact it's had on the series. So I think it's up there too. You know, like uh, he has to be mentioned uh, also. Like I think, uh, yeah, I think Terence Young is the goat, and I think he's. Uh, Second best, or well, he's he, 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 did, he did three, didn't he? As well, he did your favorite, Diamonds yeah. Are Forever, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. I think, like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it felt similar, you know. I, that's why I think the charm from Diamonds Are Forever comes from you, know, you could, could see the handwriting from them. I mean, if you watch Diamonds Are Forever, you could feel like, oh, Mama, wait a minute, it feels like Goldfinger, like, and I think that's uh, the moment, mm. uh. Guy Hamilton took over this uh, helm of this movie, and you could see, okay, uh, you can see his handwriting, and it had to, it also had the same feel to it. You know, the movies, the, the times of her, and that's why it's like perfect. You know, I love his directing and the way, the pacing and everything. You know, like, and I think he was the only one who could do it. You know, the way they did Goldfinger and even Diamonds Are Forever. And everybody like uh, pat patterning afterwards, you know, like they didn't get it, you know, but it was not the same direct. That's why I said they've changed the formula. Right? It's, it's, it worked once, but mm. it can't always work uh, twice, you know. Because maybe it will work if you have the same team, you know, like it worked uh, for me. In my opinion, like Goldfinger was great, and Diamonds Are Forever was great too, you know, not at the level of Goldfinger, obviously, but 
it had the same feel, you know. But uh, you shouldn't do always uh, copy your patterns, you pattern yourself every movie afterwards. You know, it was the time, it was the right people at the right time, and yeah, that way you could see it. You know, like even and even that formula didn't even work afterwards. You know? Like uh, Hamilton's last two movies were pretty weak, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you he, could see it, like, yeah, you you think you think as well that um, Connery would only come back to do Bond because obviously he left. And back on, you think he'd only come back and do it with a director that he likes, and yeah, of course, yeah, because he likes and he trusts, and they had a winning formula. And I think uh, yeah. that's my theory, my theory uh, why he did the other last two movies didn't work with him so because there was a one big element was missing. You know, there was a whole team where it worked for Goldfinger, yeah. And the biggest uh, missing point was Sean Connery, and then say, okay, it didn't work anymore. The formula and concept, so it's worth a difference, you know, but. Uh, I think you can look over the two uh, lesser successful movies with Guy Allen, but he has he left a mark. Hundred uh, uh, percent. Yeah, he left a, because it's still the formula, you know, because that's uh, as if he has uh, found some successful formula that only he knows. You know, like uh, it's like uh, if you put it like uh, in a corporate world, you know, like a person um, uh, like um, like founding a company like it would be in this case it would be terence young and uh guy hamilton uh, is finding a, a formula you know like inventing a formula a pattern, yeah he's, you know, he's evolving that's, that's it yeah. yeah they're evolving it you know that's how i see it so i think uh, yeah i think they're the biggest two well uh, you, you can't deny as well this guy hamilton you forget he did live and let diane the mountain hold and he actually did four so i, I said three earlier he actually did mm-hmm. four um yeah. he 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 Apart from, I've probably got this wrong, so I haven't done the maths, but Martin Campbell obviously was, there was a big gap between Gold and I and Casino Royale, but I don't think it was as big a gap as Goldfinger and um, The Man with the Golden Gun. I don't think so. Uh, maybe similar, but anyway, the point I'm making is that he was a director they respected for that length of time. They went back yeah, to him quite a lot, because you can nowadays, it's like you have one director, okay, he's mm. He's he's old. He's old news. Let's get a new one. So mm. he, he, no, he can't. He can't look past that. Yeah, and nowadays uh, they're easily getting burned out because the movies are really long and the ideas running out. You know, like uh, nowadays, if you do one movie, you I think creatively you hit a, a limit. You know, where you can't come up with something new. You know, and that's uh, I I don't think that was it. Uh, they had this insight back then, and then. Um, yeah, they gave. They had huge confidence in him. You know, he gave him three movies in a row. You know, like back then, it was uh, uncommon, and he was even supposed to do uh, *The Spy Who Loved Me*. You know, like uh, but he uh, he went out at the last minute. You know, like because he wanted to direct *Superman*, but it didn't oh. work out either. <laughs> so, and as Dalton says, Bond is not Superman. Yeah, yeah, he's not Superman. That's, that's <laughs> why it didn't work out. You know, you don't leave Bond. You know, for Superman. So, so at the end, you. <laughs> You end up with nothing, you know. Guy Hamilton ended up with nothing. But uh, I think yeah. that's that's the story I heard. You know, like uh, the spy who loved me was supposed to come one or two years earlier, but then there was this dispute with Harry Saltzman and all this, and then it got delayed. Oh, and then uh, then Guy Hamilton exited. You know, so, okay, that's taking me too long. I have other uh, commitments, so I I wanted to take the Superman movie and all this kind of stuff, and so he didn't end up doing Spy Who Loved Me. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Yeah, and I mentioned. Uh, Lewis Gilbert, Spy Love Me. He he was, he, in my opinion, he he, he was he was great. He did two great films. You only live twice. The Spy Love Me, but 
when I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts, they are, and it's not necessarily down to him, it's down to the producers and writers, but they are basically the same plots. Um, and so he, he knew, so basically, surely the producers knew when they took him on, Inspire Love Me, oh, well, this is the plot, Lewis Gilbert will do a good job because he did a great job for you only live twice. So, yeah, he was, he was, he was remembered well. I think I, I like him. I like all the directors mainly, but yeah, I think um, he, his, 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 he, his, I kind of sometimes forget that he's done two. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I feel, I feel like because I feel like he's only done one. I know he's done two because his films are so similar. He did, he did, he did three. Did he do three? Moonraker's also done. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Lewis Gilbert. I'm sorry. I know you're not alive, but I'm sorry. You're, you're off the number, sir. You're you're just uh, wrong with uh, Guy Hamilton and now with Lewis Gilbert. Yeah, okay. I need to. Do, I'm doing it all from memory, so I'm just uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Moonrake, of course. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, my point is that. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So that what I've just said is completely wrong. <laughs> no, but no, the fact, well, his first well, we two were very similar. We didn't do a lot of uh, podcasts for a long time, so well, Moon, Moonraker is quite similar as well because it, it's a, rock, a rocket that gets hijacked. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, if I can chime in, like uh, I have to say, like if we have to go, we always talk about the best. Now I've got to say, even if the movies are pretty solid and even good, you know, like. Uh, Spy Love Me, but I would say he is one of the weaker directors in the franchise, from my opinion, mm. uh, because uh, it didn't hold up to the other movies. Uh, especially the story was the same. I don't know how much to blame him for that, for that fact. And uh, yeah, this directing—I don't know, like it had like just a, not a great taste to it, you know, like you only live twice and uh, Moonraker. And everybody says, okay, I think I can hear the critics now. So how could you say uh, The Spy Who Loved Me is one of the best movies uh, there is in the band franchise? And I would say, yes, that's true. But uh, it didn't reach the potential. And I think it was also a fault from Lewis Gilbert. Like, I think the whole movie didn't reach, uh, even as much as I like it, it never reached the whole potential it could, you know, like from storyline-wise, because uh, it should have been about the heroine, The Spy Who Loved Me. No, it was never about that. It got tangled up at the end. And also, like, it was cheap, you know, like, uh, taking the same storyline from You Only Live Twice. And, yeah, I think, like, even though it was, what, it was a great movie, and uh, I think uh, it, he was not the perfect mix uh, for that movie. I think Guy Hamilton would have done a better job for the movie. And I think I've got to say, I, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, also, like, um, Connery and what Roger Moore loved him. They loved working with him, so I think they had a perfect chemistry. Yeah. But but I think, you know, I, this movie style doesn't stand up the time i think he's one of the weaker directors for my he, cle he clearly he clearly strayed away he was the first one that strayed away from the books completely you know you look at you only live twice film very different yeah. to the book spy love me completely different moonraker completely different so yeah and it has this kind of that's what i that's what i meant i think you phrased it right the the set this had some kind of lazy taste to it you know like he didn't do any effort you know to do something right you know to take something from the novel the strong suits and integrate something from here and you just take this just a lazy formula right the way like uh, we talked about the what the contribution um, 
Terence Young did, you know, like the, he did took the best from the novels and integrated into movies. Um, Guy Hamilton took it to another level, and he was just like, uh, just do it as it always is, you know, like and uh, just a lazy formula. I think I don't see any. I can't say it as a as you know, as a person, you know, like who has not been there in the movie making process. But I've got it. It seems like it was a lazy process. I've got an interesting question for you, like in terms of that kind of laziness. Do you think he had a had a an influence on um, bringing Jaws back in Moonraker? Because it the reason Jaws came back in Moonraker was because he was so well loved by the public. So the producers yeah, probably thought, oh, "Let's bring him back." But yeah, if you but were if you were a really what... strong director, would you you could say, "No, I'm not bringing yeah. him back. It's not going to fit." But Jaws was quite. Um, a comedic cam- character yeah. in Moonraker compared to I Love Me. And I'm going slightly off topic here, but it's linked to Lewis Gilbert. Do you think he, yeah. he could have been a bit stronger and said, no, we're going to start fresh with a new pension? Yeah, I think that also talks to it. I, I don't want to do him some uh, wrong. Like, I don't yeah, I don't, yes, him. yeah. Blame him, blame him for, for stuff. So I don't know how much influence he got, but I think a strong director would have said, no, that, uh, that would harm my storytelling. It would harm the movie and... It would go off, you know, like uh, it would take the seriousness off of the movie, you know, like uh, you can't take it serious anymore. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons. And even even that played to the thing with what I just said, you know, like he, his movies come off as a lazy, you know, like just put some formula in it, uh, the standard formula, and then yeah, maybe it will work and let's see. And that's what's working. And even he was not the direct right director for both of the movies, like even the Moonraker stuff, you know, like. The, it was okay for what they attempted to do. Like I think, uh, looking back, they wouldn't have done it now. But it was okay. But I think he, they could have only done it with this this director. You know, like he was expendable afterwards. And I don't think any other director would have done it. Like I'm not going to the orbit and do a Star Wars copy, you know, like uh, emulating them. I think uh, it was also like yeah, it's all the kind of signs of weakness. You know, like we can do away with him. Just let him do all this kind of stuff that's lazy and. Uh, see how much money it brings and then it's okay but but i think for the the long term for the if you look at it for the impact i don't think his name will be mentioned you know, like if, if you look at the impact of the franchise and how much um, but you could you could argue he you could argue that he has the two films with the most iconic the two most iconic moments in you've got the volcano lair and the ski jump so so yeah, that, I mean that, that's uh, that's what I'm playing devil's advocate here, but that's what that's he could argue, you know, that yeah he yeah that, that that's true. But uh, both of the scenes, you know, like uh, we all could have we could have also used it for some other. I don't think like it was specifically. But I've even heard it, you know, like they Ken Adams talk about, you know, he already did this kind of uh, thing, but he could have used it anything. I think it was Ken Adams' uh, contribution, you know, like. Uh, independent of his storytelling and his directing. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Well, before we move on to, because obviously it gets a bit darker with the next director, John Glenn, we just got to mention Peter Hunt as well. Yeah, that's if, right. If, I, that's if, right. I, I, want, I wanted to mention, like, uh, we just talked about the great of all time, you know, like, and we had said, uh, I said at the beginning, we, you can't get away from these two, you know, especially uh, Terence Young, you know, but I wanted to ask you, like, uh, Who's your personal favorite? Like, and I have okay. to say, uh, maybe, maybe I can start with it. So, like, my personal favorite after a long time consideration, and even if you're looking, like, uh, okay, get away with the fact that they are too great, you can't match them. But uh, for me, the two uh, favorite, like, uh, is Peter Hunt and, um, like, uh, Martin Gamble. These two, they have, like, uh, 
they made all three they made three movies together like and then all three movies are like legit and like one of the best of all time and yeah. i can dive into you know we can just start with peter hunt i think my favorite peter hunt is like uh, he had to, he was editor for the first uh, five movies before so he, yeah. he was looking over the shoulder of the greatest you know like greatest of all time and then <laughs> he integrated it and the way they he was directing that movie you know that the, the pacing and the the visuals you know like it's in, I uh, still like uh, getting chills watching that movie now on Her Majesty's Princess, and it is definitely. I think it's sad, you know, it, it never get mentions. It get buried away because of Lazen B, and it was not a success and all this. But uh, as I said, if Conrad had played it, I think Peter Hunt would have done such a great job, and it was his. Uh, uh, you have to give him credit for it, that movie. Turned and out. and he's in it as well. He's in it. He's in. Yes. Which yeah. one? This is a trivia question, which is not the official ah, one, okay. but he he is. I'll get you to do it after the podcast. Go and watch it. And you know the first when the gun barrel opens up, it's mm. a it's it goes onto a like a uh does it does it go onto like a statue or something? It's um, like a it's like a doorbell or something like that. Of this, uh, this is uh, something like uh, I think it's a Universal Export. Like the, yeah, the yeah, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can see that a reflection of someone. Mm. There's obviously a red bus, a London mm. red bus. There's a reflection yeah. of someone walking, and that is Peter Hunt. Ah, okay. And you can te- you can tell that it is, and it definitely is because ah. the producers have confirmed it. That is Peter Hunt, right. so he gives himself a little cameo at the beginning. <laughs> okay, so I think, like uh, as I said, it's also a nice move. I think uh, that's something uh, John Glenn looked after. <laughs> Did he do somebody? No, it just Alfred Hitchcock did that. So I can't think oh, right, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, this movie was great. I think uh, one of my favorite. I think uh, I don't know. I think you would add a, uh, agree with me or there. Like, well, yeah, I, I love the film. It's definitely the one that's grown on me the most over the years. And Peter Hunt, he, um, yeah, I mean, he, he does an unbelievable job. And uh, a, a nice, funny story. And I'm stealing it straight from a documentary. But there's a funny story about him, him clocking that George Lazenby wasn't really an actor and that he was yeah. pretending, and then. Yeah. And then he he quizzed him about it, and and then George Lazen told him the truth. Oh, I'm not really an actor, and he said, "Really? You just fooled two of the most the ruthless men, the bomb yeah. producers I've ever met. You're yeah. an actor. You've got the job." So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's got. I I mean, I don't know how. Obviously, George Lazenby, you know, yeah. I, you know, might exaggerate That's that true. a bit, but but yeah. it's quite a nice story, and it's and as you yeah, say, but... he's 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 respected throughout the whole franchise because he, he wasn't just involved in one he was involved in different areas of the others as well and but also like uh, i've got to say the that was the great achievement you know that he made george Lazenby be believable you know? like we have another eye for it because we know all the details about the james bond but if a person who doesn't know james bond watches it i don't think he will recognize uh, that he's not an actor you know? that's also one contribution yeah. by him like uh, peter hunt and I think the, the biggest contribution and the biggest achievement he did, that's why he's my favorite actor, he did uh, the best thing from Terence Young and from uh, Guy Hamilton. You know? the, he stayed true to the novel, he stayed true to the character development of James Bond and all, and then he made a massive movie, you know, like this huge blockbuster movie you know, that was over the top, but still realistic and relatable. You know? and that, I think that's the biggest contribution. That's why he's my favorite. You know? like, he had such a perfect mix of formula. Uh, it hasn't never done before or afterwards. Like he's the perfect mixture. He was the only one who found the perfect mixture. You know? Everyone else afterwards were trying to pattern this movie or that movie and taking this one formula 
like uh, Louis Gilbert, you don't just take the one formula and you work, and he's like the perfect mixture. Now, that's a, that's what a James Bond movie should be like. You know? like. Until that point, it was Goldfinger, and I think he took it up a notch. You know? like, and it's just sad to, for the circumstances how it ended up. Yeah, uh, it's true because... It, it, yeah. It, is, it should have been the best Bond movie of all time. And for me personally, it is for me. You know, like, yeah, I think that's why he's my favorite. Well, it, it's, it is slowly creeping up as uh, up the rankings every year, I feel. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the more time goes by, the people are starting to appreciate them. There we go. Yeah. It's, um, it, yeah. So, okay. So, right. So, you'd say your top three are uh, Terence Young. Um, Peter Hunt and Martin Campbell. Yeah, we will. We will talk about Martin Campbell in detail. I just want to give my mention to John Glenn because he's he's probably so Terence Young for all basically all the reasons you said. Mm. I don't even need to go into that. Terence Young is 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 in my top three, uh, and John Glenn is in my um, top three as well. And you're probably not surprised because obviously he he. He directed two of my favourites, *The Living Daylights* and uh, *License to Kill*. But the reason I the reason I just like him, like, I mean, he, he had a past with Bond because he he worked for *My Majesty's Secret Service* as well. He was um, second I'm, director. Yeah, he was the second director. Yeah, and he he, he for your eyes only. He decided to go back off after the fiasco of *Moonraker* and yeah. the uh, he he wanted to go back to there. His hands were tied a bit because Roger. You know, he was not really up for it. He didn't want to do the darker stuff. Um, mm. And then and then he made that transition, Octopussy, which is one of my favourites. It made the transition from Roger Moore to Timothy Dalton. And, yeah, I, I just, I love, I just love, you know, for Dalton and, and, the, and the, the direction. I just think it's, I think it's a genius... Um, it's a genius way to make a movie from a short story. It's, That's true. It, it, and obviously there were other people involved with writers and producing this stuff, but he he directed that so well. And then then it got to the stage where, okay, we've run out of film titles. We've run out of material. Fleming, well, not run out of material. They run out of film titles and they were kind of scraping the barrel a bit. He took bits... He he took bits from other books. I know the producers did this as well, but he made scenes from other books like Live and Let Die book, Your Eyes Only scene, uh, Live and Let Die book, License to Kill scene, those sort of things. I just and Ris Risico he put in for Your Eyes Only, all all this. And I just I just love the it might sound it might seem a bit kind of like oh bits here, bits there, not a full thing, but he, you know, with short stories it's hard to a full movie, but I think I think he made it really well. Out of those five films, if if I was given five films to watch in a row consecutively, it would be all the John Glens, followed very closely by the first five Connerys, obviously. But the John Glens are my favourite kind of sequence, the longest sequence of movies that I love, from For Your Eyes Only to License to Kill. I just yeah, love love all of them. And I've got a good quiz question about John Glenn for you later on, which I'm going to save for the trivia. Oh, okay, I'm curious about that. But I've got to agree with you. But 
uh, also the Bond producers had big confidence in him, you know, otherwise they wouldn't have given five movies in a row, you know, like if yeah. it wasn't good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think like, I agree with you to a lot of uh, extent what you said, the, the nuances and the differences in his movies is uh, like, I mean, you watch it, it's really great for you as only brings Bond back to Earth, changes his um, darker tone of uh, Roger Moore and uh, the way he the team of dot movies and all this kind of stuff and yeah in general he's got a more serious tone to it and but the problem the i agree with all the positive sides but you said the problem he had is was about the time you know like uh, they were tired about this movies i think the audience was tired about it mm. and uh, everything about his movies like it was moving in the same process even the changes what he made even the the ones you mentioned as a, a James Bond fan, you can notice it, you know, like, but it, it always happened in the same frame of movie, you know, like the same, it was built up as the same, like it was different when you look at it closely, but as a formula, it was still the same, the five movies of it, of it, you know, it was, uh, it was intentional that it was made like this, you know, like, because uh, the one great thing about what you said about John, uh, John Glenn is about his movies are the most entertaining. You can watch it as a non-Bond fan. You can always watch any of John Glenn movies and you would be entertained. You don't need to be, uh, yeah. um, need any knowledge of a James Bond. You can watch it. Like if you want to, uh, somebody to uh, bring into James Bond and have not watched a James Bond show, one of John Glenn movies, they would be hooked. They say, wow, great. It's, uh, but the formula is always the same. That's what I don't, that's why none of his movies are really that um, remembered or in history. You know? like it's like, it goes along. You know? It's James Bond. You know? Like It's just, it gets a little generic and uh, it gets a little bit tiring. You know, for the, the the audience was tired after that because it was James Bond after two movies after two years period and then yeah then a big gap a big gap after the last one yeah and afterwards you know they, they they needed that break you know I think also in my opinion I said I said it in a couple of episodes the previous episode Team of the Dalton they there should have been a bigger break between Roger Moore and Team of the Dalton you know, like to hit the impact or to no, it's yeah, like the right. concept, you know. It's like the concept. Um, uh, how can I miss you when you never went away? Like and that, uh, the people are tiring, and you can see that on the movies. It always feels the same, even though it's different. But uh, John Glenn is like uh, the, the great things. Like the enter- I think entertaining is the most entertaining director with this movie. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he, 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 you just never know. He could have done a, he could have done a sixth. It's just the studio problems. And yeah, yeah, looking at it that way, just a nice refresh, nice break. Yeah, yeah, the the transition from more to dawn mm. is maybe a bit big. Yeah. I think the circumstances didn't play for him. You know, it played all against him. You know, like the the Bond movies came uh, every two years, and then uh, they ran out of ideas. You know, all the fifteen books were filmed. What are they going to do now? Yeah. So yeah, and you could feel it. You know, like okay, something like uh, feels the same. You know, like okay, so seen that, done that. Okay, <laughs> you know, nothing. We <laughs> but I bet. We, I we bet. You could, you could feel a little tiredness, you know, in that movies, you know, like, I don't know how it feels like, it. you know, they could, even if you watch these movies, it's okay, it's entertaining, it's good. Uh, as a fan, I can see the nuances, the, the things that we see, but as a non-Bond movie fan, you know, like, I would say, okay, it could use a little bit of refreshment, you know, like, um, if you even, the audience back then, you know, like, the movies uh, all were similar, you know, back then, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Bruce Willis movies, James Bond was in there, so... 
yeah, it was time that the, the break came to the right time. You know, like uh, after life is it's uh, nothing against him. We couldn't do anything about it. I'm, but. I'm just, uh, I know what you're saying. I'm just, I'm big on nostalgia, so I'm, I love, I, I love, I love things. Not that always the same, but that I love that familiarity. And, um, but, it, but you're right. It, it did feel like at the end of License to Kill, especially the ending was so rushed and just so like, right, let's just get this done. Um, so maybe that was a sign that he was I was going to be his last one. But, but you know, he can always he can always claim I directed the most on films ever. I think I've got that right. I think I've got that right. Well, of course, yeah. I said uh, because it was successful and uh, it was entertaining. How could he? He never did. There's not one single movie of his that is bad. It's good. All of them are good. And he's still but, alive. Uh, he's still alive, John. Yeah, he's, he's like he's in his nineties. I can't believe it. Oh. I didn't know that, so, but I think uh, all of the five movies missing uh, the one ingredient or formula that to join the best of all time. That's one thing because it was a little bit generic. It was done for the uh, mass audiences, you know. And yeah, maybe it was that the reason why it never had such an impact, historical impact, like the, the other movies. Yeah, but then so if we didn't have if we didn't have that lull, then we wouldn't have got Martin Campbell. Yeah, that's my <laughs> second favorite director or the third favorite. Yeah, we talked about we had made a whole episode just with uh, of his movies, and I think uh, anybody wants to find out what an impact yesterday should watch the episode we did uh, about these two yeah, movies. Yeah, Gold, Goldeneye, like, Goldeneye versus Casino Royale. Oh yeah, that's a great. Uh, if you want to listen to a, a just a separate episode for that, how good that is. But I've got to say, like the impact he had, you know, like it's uh, amazing you know, the way. He introduces both the James Bond uh, into the new decade, and generally with the directing, the pacing, and the the, the audience getting hooked. You know? And it's memorable. You, know? you always remember his two movies. You know, like uh, and with his first movie, he catapulted himself. You know, like uh, in the top ten. You know, like uh, both of the movies. You know, as, as they came out, both of them uh, had said, "Okay, it's one of the best uh, of all time." You know, like it's one of my favorite. And yeah, look what he did. You know? Like well, first two movies, and he's already in and. I think uh, the way he introduces Bond is the best contribution of him and also the storytelling and uh, the realism. And yeah, I think he integrated the... But he, the, his biggest contribution was not only integrating the new James Bond, but also uh, taking the formula, the old formula, and uh, using it in the time of his time period. You know, like, uh, not using it, just not taking copying it one-to-one, -one, but... Uh, in the 90s and into the 2000s, and that was his biggest contribution. That's why I said, okay, he's the my second personal second uh, favorite, and of all time, I think third place. Yeah, well, he's he's my number one who who I want to do the next film. Yeah, me too. I know, if I know a, if a new James Bond, if a new James Bond actor comes, I think he, there's no way around uh, him as long as he's alive. You know, I think also he's uh, over 70 or something like that, 75. Or, yeah, 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 but uh, there's no way around. He has to do another, introduce another, another James Bond. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, I'm, I'll probably just repeat everything we've said in the episode 22 about Martin Campbell. So yeah, but yeah, exactly. You see, I he's think... that good that he got a uh, separate uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, episode. that good. Yeah, it's is. True. yeah, it's true. Sorry, t sorry, Terence, we should have given you a, <laughs> an extra episode. Yeah, yeah I'll um. Yeah, so the, the the rest of the directors, okay, I'll call them the rest. Uh, no that memorable. Of, yeah, you, there's no kind of denying the fact that we've got 
Um, we've got uh, not yeah, a... but the, the, the famous, most famous one, the name wise, it's like Sam Mendes, but he didn't do like I don't, I'm not sure, like because of I, Spectre, I, 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 I love Skyfall, as you know, obviously, you don't, but um, and Spectre was okay, it's grown on me. Sam Mendes, I still can't forgive for not doing the thumb barrel at the start of Skyfall, mm. so oh, okay. that, that was his decision. So, Sam Mendes, sorry. Um, yeah, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't uh, meet his expectation as a famous Hollywood actor who has such a great name. Uh, I think he was the most famous one, like of a director who ever took a dream from me. And yeah, probably absolutely. Yeah. But he, yeah, as I said, he didn't uh, expect uh, meet his expectations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got and the the the, the yeah. It's like I, I was just going to kind of name check a few of them just out of respect. Roger Spottiswood, Tomorrow Never Dies. Michael Apted, The World Is Not Enough. And is it Lee Tamahori who did yeah, yeah. the other day? I mean, he was obviously, he being the worst Bond film, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, <laughs> he just didn't get it. He just literally just didn't get it. So yeah, we could do a separate episode but, on him negative. But, but, but the, the one from Quantum of Solace was also not with the German Mark Foster, yeah, he, he was, to be fair to him, there was a writer's strike. His hands, yeah, were, his hands were pretty tied. Um, yeah, the, the yeah, you're right. I do like Hearts of Quantum of Solace, um, but yeah, it's too yeah, it's too short, it's too quick. It's and yeah, yeah. He, yeah. And again, yeah, I, if, I don't know if it was his decision, like but he should have had the gun barrel at the beginning. As that's well. true. Yeah. You know, the opening scene. Yeah. I didn't like the pacing at all. This was horrible. No, no, no. I was in the cinema going, "This is Jason Bourne." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> true. Yeah, <laughs> but then rewatching it, I can see what he's doing. But yeah, yeah um, and then you've got yeah, Carrie Fukunaga, who who you know did the the latest one. He he was brought in late. Well, not late, mm. but he it was supposed to be um, uh, Danny Boyle. Yeah, that's true. I was really like sad that he didn't do it. We was curious yeah. how he would have done it. Well, who knows? Bond will still would still be alive if Danny Boyle did it. Yeah, I, so I think that's the reason he left. I'd love to see a documentary on that in a few years. The reason yeah. why he left. I, I, my guess is because he wanted to do some realism, and he was not allowed to do. I, I'm not, yeah. I don't think that he's a real fan of that of this kind of action things and all. He's really like into characters and uh, developing stories and all this. Yeah, I think Daniel that, Craig I, I, probably had an influence. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely he had some creative uh, differences when he uh, quit the job. So. Because I, I know Danny Boyd's movies, so and, uh, we're like, I was really looking forward to it that he's uh, directing. He, he might, he, who knows? He might, okay. he might come back. Not, not. I think, I think it was a big. I think it was him and Daniel Craig rather than him and the producers. I mean, I might be yeah, completely that's, wrong, but. That's Daniel true. Craig obviously wanted to take Bond in a specific direction, and yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, when, when it first all happened, I thought it was the other way around. I thought Danny Boyle wanted to kill Bond, and it, mm. uh, there might be other reasons as well. But I just I'd be but fascinated. But uh, you're getting a word that was Danny Craig's idea. Yeah, but they, but they, 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 they got on because um, it was he, it was Danny Boyle that did the Olympics. And did the whole mm -hmm. idea of Bond going to Buckingham Palace and jumping oh, out there? That's true. That's nice. So, nice. so um, yeah. So, and he's an Oscar winner. You know? Oh, so Sam Mendes also won Oscar. So yeah. He didn't have to say anything. But who knows? Even Christopher Nolan is on the uh, talk that he might. Well, be. he he would be the biggest. I mean, he was yeah, the really biggest. He's even bigger than uh, Sam Mendes. You know? Like he's yeah. the, right now the most famous director in Hollywood after James Cameron. So. Mm. 
Well, he's really an honour. He, and he's a massive Bond fan as well. A lot of his yeah, his true. quote was, "My films are em- embarrassingly, they pay homage in an embarrassing way." Yeah, yeah, a lot of Bond films, but he, yeah, it's because yeah. he loves them. Yeah, if he, uh, I've seen Oppenheimer you know, two weeks ago, and uh, he, I would love it if he would uh, direct and tell the story the same way he did Oppenheimer. You know, but I don't think a lot of Bond movies would like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, I'd yeah, he paid so much uh, uh, to detail, you know, like, and the way he's telling the stories. I mean, I, there's a reason why he's the best of all time, or right now the most famous one. I'd love to see it because he, he, it's ideal. If he's not going to do it now, he never will because he wants a new yeah. bond. He wants to his own stamp on it. Okay, yeah. so is that is that the one you'd like to see the most? Apart from Martin Campbell, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, but not as the first one. I don't think Christopher Nolan should introduce a new Bond. I don't think. Okay. I think there's a second, second or third, maybe the third. Like uh, that's a uh, lucky number in uh, James Bond franchise. You know? Do the third movie, and uh, I think Christopher Nolan should the third movie and put a new Bond guy. <laughs> like, we'll give it. Yeah, come on, Martin. We'll give Martin the first, Nolan the second or third. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's a good one. The third one is always the best movie for Bond actors. So yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton didn't get to prove that, which is... Yeah, quite... that's true, yeah. <laughs> and Pierce was the only one who didn't get a great tweet that one before he was fired, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, right, so do you, want to, do you want to add anything final before we move on to our trivia about the directors? No, I think it's okay. I think uh, we created a lot of uh, discussion for Bond fans to discuss. I'm yeah. really curious to see what they think about if they agree or not. Let's see. Definitely. Definitely, we've um it, we've done well actually in the space of what forty fifty minutes. We've talked about every oh, directors nice. in some way. We've oh, given, nice. given them all an honorary mention at least. Mm, that's true. Right. So we didn't we didn't forget anyone. So no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We yeah. didn't talk about a few of the Pierce Brosnan directors that much. But you know, not just yeah. yeah. But Pierce, Pierce Brosnan said uh, himself, you know, like uh, nothing could touch Golden Eye afterwards. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Right, so, uh, right, let's uh, go on to fun and games of trivia trivia time. Okay, here we go with our trivia this week. So we've got a trivia question first. Um, Yeah, go on, you go first. Okay, another classical M, you know. Uh, I (laughs) I wouldn't be disappointing if I didn't M question. So this question is, when did M tell James Bond, or which movie told him, uh, to get properly dressed? Um, <laughs> to meet up again. This was... Uh, I've got two in mind. In fact, no, I- I'm going with my instincts. Uh, it was... It, was it A View to a Kill at the races? The, yeah, that's nice. I nice. oh, got it. Yes. <laughs> so going to uh, Ascot was it Ascot? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, going to the races. Yeah, get yeah. Pro- properly yeah. dressed. Got Goldfinger came into my mind because he was like black tie. Ah, he was. Yeah, that's true. He was uh, going for dinner with somebody. Dinner else. with the Bank of England. Uh, he didn't. He yeah. just said he just told him to wear a black tie. He was always. But oh, yeah, okay. yeah, properly. Yeah, you better get properly dressed. Yeah, yeah. beautiful a kill. Okay. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yes, Maybe great. I should go harder next time. I will be difficult. No, no, I got an every question right for a change. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm curious yeah. about your one. Yeah, well, I've linked it to directors. And this okay, is this nice. is tricky. 
don't know. I, I've right. Okay, here we go. So I'll, I'll I'll ask a question, then I'll kind of explain a bit more, just to make it clear. So what was so what was John Glenn's trademark? So what was his trademark in all five of his films? So what what did he do? In there was a certain thing he did in every film, like which was part of a part of a scene involving involving Bond. There's something the that happened. Pigeon. The white pigeon. Yeah. Okay, you've got you've got it, but yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you've got it. <laughs> was it? Is it right? Well, well, yeah. The answer is that he's like startled animals. Yeah. Okay. So can you can you name each animal that that gets scared in each of his five films? I always thought it's the same pigeon, like the Moonraker. It's not, it's not Moonraker. The only live twice was it uh, on the hill somewhere, or like there. no. For, so for your eyes, for your eyes only. What 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 was the animal? For your eyes only, or what was the scene? I think he, there was somewhere at the hill and uh, on the mountaintop, and then yeah. he gets scared. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't, yeah. I'm not remember which one, uh, which animal that was. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's just a yeah, it's just a, a bird, a pigeon, or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, and then octopusy. What was the scene there? The, you've got the question right, by the way. I'm just asking you each. Yeah. At the octopus, it was at, at at the window. I think he opens it or somewhere like that. Yeah, <laughs> the same. And what about views to a kill? This one, I did. I don't. I didn't know. I looked it up. I can't remember it, but I think it's. Yeah, I can't remember it either. But was it something when he was uh, underwater or something like that? Or... No, I think oh, it was a cat. I think it was a cat. Like, ah, is it Stacy? Okay, Stacy's okay. cat. Uh, oh, ah, okay, okay, that could be. Yeah, that's true. And then living daylights. Was the sniper like? No, it, what animal scared him right at the beginning? Ah, the monkey. Yeah, the monkey. Yeah. The monkey, and then, yeah. license to kill was. Was it also something at the window or something? Yeah, window or... again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's literally yeah, the same it? thing. What? Really? Was it the window? Yeah, the wind Sanchez's window? window. Yeah, a pigeon again. Ah, okay, okay. That's, uh, you see that it came twice or third time. You know, that's why yeah, I said so you, you got it because you, you talked about an animal. So yeah, you got it. I just yeah, for okay, extra okay. bonus. When, when I start thinking ah. about it more, it was literally all the same. Three of them were, ah. two of them were by a window, and ah, okay. one of them was on a mountain. One of them is in a house. Another one was a monkey. You know, I I got also confused because Moonraker's also with the pigeons. You know, when he drives through Venice with the boat. You know, like oh yeah, the double take, the double take. Yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah, that's why it's confused. You know, like it's like okay, but then I realized he didn't do Moonraker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. I well done. So that's one each to us. Nice. John Glenn. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So have you got a? Um. So you've got a guess. Guess. Yeah, I guess guess the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I will play it, and then you will have to hear what it is. It's an easy one, but I think you will guess it. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'll play it. I must say, you become more beautiful every day. I am over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh... Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait. Uh, that is. Oh, I know it's octopusy, or yeah, yeah, it's octopusy. 
Of you to a kill. Yeah, it is octopusy. Yeah, octopusy. Yeah, nice. <laughs> now, I don't know why I'm doubting myself. Yeah, it was octopusy. Yeah, um, you're off. You're today off with one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, nice. yeah, octopusy because they, they, I think they were testing the water, weren't they, as a replacement for Lewis yeah, Macdonald? Replacement, yeah, Miss yeah. Yeah. But they they didn't. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a great that's a great scene. <laughs> nice, nice. Cool. Okay. Um, right, really okay, and my my gun barrel time. I got the last one wrong, okay. so let's see what I can do. Yeah, last one was Moonraker. You got it wrong. Yeah, I got it wrong. Never mind. Maybe this time you will get it. Sir. Okay, already. Yeah. Okay. my instinct again with this i just i think it the the, the trumpets at the beginning that that but then then it, then i tried to listen right to the end to see if it was a sound okay i'm just gonna go for it that's that's octopusy again no no, I get oh, no. i'm sorry but it was a difficult i should have taken it no 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 it's fine because last week was moon records difficult i think uh, this uh this four or five movies are really difficult this one was um the man with the golden gun Oh, okay, okay. I, no. I think the the Roger Moore movies from the Man with the Golden Gun to A View to Kill are really difficult. To but that, no, that's good though. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. It ha yeah, it's fine. You, there's no use you giving me Doctor No. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. fair's fair. I'm just happy I got the trivia right. The, the yeah. first one. <laughs> ah, good fun and games. Right, brilliant. Thanks, and that's been awesome. Episode twenty five yeah. done and dusted. We are now on par with the amount of movies there are and we will overtake them very soon um yeah i've i've loved that so like subscribe give your comments positive and negative uh and and you've had your six um is the place to type is the is what you type in to try and find us so yeah, yeah. um follow us on instagram and share and type or comment definitely love to hear yeah we've got to get to a thousand a thousand followers nearly there nearly there you see, you've got something to do. Do something <laughs> good for us and follow us. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Right, soon. I will see you again very soon. Yeah, see you. That was really fun. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Good night, good night. Sleep well.